Hello and welcome to the Building Through Heaven podcast. My name is Mary Jo Parrish and today's episode is Hallowed Be Thy Name, part two. And just so you know, you're always loved and always welcome here. So in the first part of this teaching, we discuss the power in the name. And in this part, we're going to discuss a little bit more on how to use that. So we know that when we pray, we speak the names and titles that God has for himself. And that makes sense because knowing him and using his names gives us a deeper and more intimate form of communication with him. We know that we call Jesus, Jesus Christ, but Christ is not his last name, right? Father Ricardo says jokingly, it was not Joseph Christ, Mary Christ, and Jesus Christ. The title Christ was given to Jesus because it means anointed one or Messiah. And that's significant because the Jewish people, Israel, had been awaiting the Messiah for hundreds and hundreds of years. The prophets had foretold about the coming of Emmanuel, Emmanuel meaning God is with us. And this was announced to the shepherds when Jesus was born, right? The angels came and announced to the shepherds just that. To you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. That's another name we use for Jesus is Lord, right? When we say Lord, what we're actually saying is we know he has divinity. He is to the divine authority. So to confess or invoke Jesus as Lord is to believe in his divinity. He is fully man and he is also fully God, not 50, 50, 100%, 100%, 100% man, 100% God. First Corinthians, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So there's this author and speaker, Jesse Romero. He worked in the Los Angeles County Jail. It's the largest jail in the world. And he worked in the worst part of the jail, child killers, satanic killers, serial killers. And he asked the warden if he could read the police reports and the psych evals of the killers so he could be more prepared to be a police officer one day. So he goes through these evals and he finds that 60% of the murderers claimed that they killed for Satan. And he remembered at mass, he was just kind of a lukewarm Catholic at the time. He remembered at mass learning that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he decided to test it out. He asked three different satanic murderers to say Jesus is Lord. He did this completely separately, right? He offered them food, like good, delicious meals, in exchange for them just saying that phrase, all three adamantly agreed to do, oh yeah, absolutely. They were so done with the jail slop. They're excited. When they tried to speak it, their throats would close off like a cement or glue in their mouths. Their faces turn red. Their knees would buckle. They would try to say it, but they couldn't. Not one of them could say, Jesus is Lord. Because we can't say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Because when we speak his name, we invoke his presence. And so right now, no matter where you're at, we are going to speak this together. You're just going to repeat after me. (sighs) Take a deep breath. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in as we speak. Jesus is Lord over every area of my life. Jesus is Lord over every area of my life. Jesus is Lord of my heart. Jesus is Lord of my heart. Jesus is Lord of my family. Jesus is Lord of my family. Jesus is Lord of my house. 
Jesus is Lord of my house. Jesus is Lord of my work. Jesus is Lord of my work. Jesus is Lord of my time. Jesus is Lord of my time. Jesus is Lord of my phone. Jesus is Lord of my phone. Jesus is Lord of my rest. Jesus is Lord of my rest. Jesus is Lord of my joy. Jesus is Lord of my joy. Jesus is Lord of my battles. Jesus is Lord of my battles. Jesus is Lord of my life. Jesus is Lord of my life. Jesus is Lord of all. Jesus is Lord of all. So you just proclaim that. You proclaim that every part of your life. Jesus is Lord. Expect power to come from that. So remember when Simon had his name changed, right? He was Simon. He got changed to Peter, meaning rock. Jesus doesn't rename him Peter until Simon has the courage to speak aloud who Jesus is. And Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said to him and replied, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly father. And so I say to you, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I shall build my church and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. How powerful is that, right? When Simon has the courage to say, you are Jesus Christ. You are the anointed. You're the one that we've been waiting for. You are the son of the living God. Then Jesus said, okay, I hear your faith. Now you get a new name. Now you get a new destiny. And you just said that about your life, right? You just made Jesus Lord of it all. So expect Jesus to unveil a new aspect of your purpose and your destiny. Because Jesus asks us, who do you say that I am? And when we can call him Christ, son of the living God, when we can make him Lord of our life, that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And that gift allows us to know his power. And just like with Peter, Jesus desires our courage to speak his name aloud. Because there's incredible gift in our spoken word. Incredible gift. I remember in high school, I had a guidance counselor tell me, Mary Jo, you're actually just not college material. And I grew up in poverty, right? Um, I worked, I coached volunteer stuff. I, yeah, my grades were not my top priority. I was just trying to get through and help pay my high school, Catholic school payment. And I just had that thought in my head for so many years. Mary Jo, you're not college material. I didn't actually graduate from college until I was 42 because those words spoken over me were a complete curse. And I allowed the enemy to keep breathing those over thousands of times in me to prevent me from actually fulfilling the purpose that God had for my life. Now, eventually I was able to renounce lies spoken over me, renounce spirits that were preventing me from living out the glory that the Lord desired. But I wasted decades believing that lie because someone spoke that over me and I believed it. Our words have incredible power. I also, when I did religious ed, one of the people that I worked with named Debbie, I was given a presentation and 
I was new at the whole like presenting to an audience type of thing. And I was nervous and I got done and I was unsure about whether people really even liked it or not. And we were standing outside in the parking lot, loading our stuff up in their car. And she said, Mary Jo, I would have paid to hear you speak that. And I was like, what? And she was like, it was so powerful. What you said, like hit me so deeply in those words, in the midst of all the battles that we've had in launching a nonprofit kingdom builders, those words have pierced my soul and have raised me when stuff's been really hard. Our words, our curse or blessing, right? They have so much power. God created the world with his words, right? He didn't think it into existence. He didn't meditate it into existence. He didn't wave his hand and it came into existence. He spoke it into existence. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And because we're created in God's image and likeness, right? That's who we are. If his words have incredible power, being created in his image and likeness, when we speak, our words also have incredible power. But speaking in the name of Jesus has divine power. And Jesus confirms this. This isn't just like, oh, Mary Jo's saying that. No, no, no. Jesus confirms it. This is in John 14. Truly, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, so you have the faith part, will also do the works that I am doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. This is the important part. Listen here. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. Anything in his name, he will do it. But he starts it off with whoever believes in me. So it takes faith and working in his name. And Jesus performed so many miracles, right? Remember when he raised Lazarus from the dead, his sister was all worried about the stench of his body being dead four days, but whatever. He raises him from the dead, but like eventually Lazarus still dies, right? So he doesn't, he's not, not still alive today, right? So he raises Lazarus from the dead, but eventually he dies. So what was the whole point in that? If he was going to die anyways, why did Jesus even raise him from the dead? Jesus healed to increase faith. That's why he healed because healing's not the final goal because all of us will eventually die. The goal of healing prayer is for us to know that we are seen, we are heard, we are known, and we are loved by our heavenly father. And Jesus still heals today to increase our faith so that he can find a deeper relationship with us so that we can one day spend eternity with him in heaven. Jesus desires us to embrace our worth and authority in his name and claim the inheritance he died to give us. And it's awesome to know the power of his name and to know who he is, right? But who does he say that you are? This is God speaking to St. Catherine of Siena. Do you know, daughter, who you are and who I am? If you know these two things, you will be blessed. So we already talked about who he is, right? Now we have to say, who are we? You are she who is not, where I am he who is. Well, that sounds kind of sassy, doesn't it? 
I'm all about the sass, right? But really it's not. God is saying, he's Yahweh. I am who am. And we can rest in that because that means he is everything. He is eternal. He is unchanging. He is all powerful. He is a good father. And because of who he is, we know his name is power. His name is healing. His name is life. His name will break every stronghold over our life. When we know who he is, we can rest in his power and we can claim his power. And he desires that because we're not slaves. We're not servants. We are heirs. We are heirs. That's who we are. And because he's everything, we can speak these truths about who we are to him. The truths that he's spoken over us. This all comes from scriptures. I just want you to receive me speaking this over you. We claim the truth that he knew us before we were born. We claim the truth that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We claim the truth that he knit us together in our mother's womb. We claim the truth that we are chosen by him and we are dedicated for a purpose that no one else can fulfill. He loves us so deeply that he repeatedly seeks out ways for us to have an encounter with him. The son of God's name was revealed as God saves. That's what Jesus means so that we could call upon it. The catechism in the Catholic church says the invocation of the holy name of Jesus is the simplest way of praying always. And sometimes that's all I can do when I'm really struggling. Sometimes all I can do is just to say, Jesus, 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 because it's just too hard. And he gets it, right? Because he's always with us, right? He's our manual, especially in our great need and our suffering. He desires to be invited in and to act on our behalf. He also desires to be invited in and to act on behalf of others. He tells us where two of you agree on earth about anything about which you are to pray for, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly father. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. It's so important that we come together as Christians. One of the main issues in our church right now is isolation. Jesus promises that when we come together, that he will be in our midst, right? And so you're like, I don't really have a place to come together. Can you just go to our website, buildingtohim.com? Click on events. And so gathering dates and locations will come up. Look and see if there's a gathering date near you. Or you want to come in for the conference. They'll say, oh, I'm too far away. Come in for the conference. If there's still tickets available, I don't know. They're almost sold out at this point. But just go in there and try. Get on the waiting list if, if they're sold out. Buildingtohim.com, click events and the conference will come up. Just a day full of rest and restoration for your soul. Or let's say, okay, I'm way too far away to make the journey there. Well, we had people come from Maryland last year and they loved it. So, but if you can't, we understand. What about a mosaic prayer group? What, what, what about just coming together weekly or monthly to come together and talk about the miracles and the graces that the Lord has shown you in your life or the struggles? We are created for that community. You can go to buildingthroughhim.com and click build with us and all the information for mosaic small groups will come up. Because regardless 
of how you need to find it. We are created as Christians to come together because Jesus says where two or three are gathered in my name, there he is in their midst. And we need Jesus in our midst. God desires his people to come together. We are the church. And within the church, we have a rich legacy of miracles. If you're like listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a little outside my comfort zone. You know what? Look back through history because we have a rich legacy of miracles in the church. We have signs and wonders that were performed through so many saints in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit partnered with them and he can partner with us too, right? They're not exclusive. Jesus wants to give it to everybody. Like he wants everybody, all his children be embracing his holy name. So one of those examples, St. Vincent Farrar. And I had never even heard of this because you know you hear, hear all about St. Vincent de Paul, who's amazing. He's for sure one of my top saints. But St. Vincent Farrar, 14th century, he's pretty basic. He comes from a good Christian home. He becomes a Dominican priest. He has a super boring life. He teaches like high level college courses. But at 49 years old, he gets super sick. He's about to die. And he's in so much physical pain. He has a vision of St. Francis of Assisi, St. Dominic, and Jesus at the foot of his bed. Jesus comes up to his head, touches his cheek, and he's healed. And Jesus lays on his heart that he needs to do three things. To travel the world and to preach as an apostle. And to allow his preaching to rest on scripture and miracles. And to give people opportunities for conversion and repentance. So St. Vincent Farrar spends the next 20 years traveling through many countries, doing these three things. He has so many thousands of conversions attributed to him, especially in the Jewish, Jewish culture. But these are the cool facts. And this is crazy to me that I never knew about him until like a year ago. He has 892 confirmed miracles. 892. I got, just got goosebumps on my scalp because every time I read it, I'm like, this is unreal. He has 86,000 other healings attributed to him and an untold number of conversions. How did he do that? So this is what he did. Before he went into any city, he would go on his knees and pray for the compassion of Jesus, that his own heart would be moved to love these people the way Jesus himself did. Do you know that's the exact same way that we write the teaching every month? We actually go in front of the Eucharist and we ask Jesus to give us the heart to love your daughters the way you do before we even start writing. Well, then St. Vincent Brar would consecrate what he was going to do. We do the same thing. We consecrate all of the teaching to Jesus Christ. And he preached from the place of the Father's love by identifying them as sons and daughters of God. We do the same thing. We preach from the Father's love, identifying all of our people, sons and daughters of God. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know any of that before I read about him. I was like, oh my goodness. It was like he was laying the same thing on our hearts. But then he gave supernatural demonstration, praying in the name of Jesus and often the sign of the cross for healing. Well, that's great, right? It's like, okay, well, that's wonderful that he has this method, but that supernatural demonstration, like, uh, that's just for the holy people, right? He's this holy guy. What does that have to do with us? It is for us, right? Because when St. Vincent Farrar was tired and they like were like, come on, there's more people you need to pray over. We have this whole line of people that needs healing. He was super tired. Okay, totally get that, right? He says to them, this is a quote directly from him. I have wrought sufficient miracles today and I'm tired. 
Do yourself what is asked of me. The Lord who works through me will also work through you. The Lord who works through me will also work through you. He is sending all of us out. Once we know Jesus' power and who we are to him, we claim our authority as beloved sons and daughters of the King, and we can walk in faith in speaking Jesus' name and bringing forth his power. Okay, so what's that look like? You know, we're all about like, oh, that sounds nice in the theological high world. Um, yeah, tell me how to apply that to my life. This is how you apply it to your life. The most common form of healing that people need is emotional healing, right? And that's found in forgiveness and repentance. So what does that look like? In the name of Jesus, I f- repent of lying. In the name of Jesus, I forgive myself for lying, okay? In the name of Jesus, I repent for yelling. In the name of Jesus, I forgive myself for yelling. A lot of times it has to do with ourself. So you speak forgiveness and repentance, you can say for yourself, but sometimes it's over other people. In the name of Jesus, I forgive the guidance counselor for speaking the phrase, you are not college material to me many years ago. So the more specific that we speak forgiveness over people, the more freedom we will receive. Often, because we grow up in broken homes, broken families, right? All of us have a certain amount of brokenness. One person in our life will need to be forgiven for many individual injuries. So for you, you might have to forgive the same person for 50 things. And you're going to forgive them out loud in the name of Jesus with no one else around. I find a really powerful way to forgive people is like in the shower, when I'm blow drying my hair, when I'm alone alone in in the truck driving, like, You're going to be alone, but you're going to speak it out loud. Anytime the Holy Spirit brings someone to your mind and you're like, I feel really mad at them. Like, oh, I feel really hurt by that. Even though it happened 15 years ago, Jesus is like, hey, go ahead and forgive them. You know, and forgiveness doesn't mean what they did was okay. It just means you're entrusting the justice over to Jesus. You're just giving that over to him. But there's more kinds of healing. And this is the one that, has allowed kingdom builders to take place. If I would have not read Unbound to know how to renounce, remove, and receive, kingdom builders would never have existed because I was believing so many lies of the enemy. I was under so many forces, negative spirits from the enemy that I didn't even know. I had no idea. And so that's renounce, remove, receive. And if you've listened to this podcast before, if you've come to a kingdom builder gathering, we do this often because I think it's one of the most important tools that we can have as Christians. And it's one of my missions in life is to get this out to every single person that I know, because it's had such a profound impact on my life and the lives of so many people that I know. So we're going to walk through this a little bit. Okay. These are just some of the common ones that I find when I'm praying with people. So you're just going to repeat after me because we know we have to speak it aloud, right? And even if you're like, well, I don't really struggle with that one. Just speak it anyway. When in doubt, renounce it out. That's always my, 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 my thought on that. So in the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of anxiety. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of anxiety. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of unworthiness. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of unworthiness. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of perfectionism. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of perfectionism. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of self-reliance. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of self-reliance. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that what I want doesn't matter. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that what I want doesn't matter. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that God is not good. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that God is not good. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am not loved. 
In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am not loved. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have to earn God's love. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have to earn God's love. So we always like to think of it as like pulling weeds. You just pulled all those weeds. Good job. Now we're just going to let Jesus bring in the wheelbarrow and take them away. So you're going to repeat after me. Jesus, please take this spirit and any related spirits. Jesus, please take this spirit and any related spirits. And these lies and these lies away from me, away from me. So now you have all these open areas in your heart. I'm just going to ask God to fill those. Father, please bless me. Father, please bless me. Fill me with your mercy, love, joy, peace, and hope. Fill me with your mercy, love, joy, peace, and hope. And then I always just like to pour some precious blood over it just to seal it in. So Jesus, pour your precious blood over me. Jesus, please pour your precious blood over me and seal in the healing you have done and will continue to do. And seal in the healing you have done and will continue to do. So we renounce it. Jesus removes it. And then we receive the Father's blessing. So what about that last type of healing that makes us a little bit uncomfortable? Physical healing, right? So how does that work? When we see someone in pain, um, we can just say, in the name of Jesus, all pain be gone. I would recommend that if they allow you to, if you have permission, that you would touch their shoulder and then speak that over them. Or you might want to say, in the name of Jesus, all inflammation be gone. In the name of Jesus, headache be gone. In the name of Jesus, muscles, tendons, nerves, ligaments be healed. For those of you who have any type of medical background, you can get really specific. And I, I have found when I'm working with people or praying in groups with people that have the medical terminology, it's actually super powerful. So you go girl or you go boy, if you have that medical terminology, that's really good because you can be specific with what you're asking for. So you just ask for that healing. That's it. Sometimes we have more faith in aspirin than we do in the healing power of Jesus. So let's say the next time you get a headache or your knee hurts or whatever, rather than going right to the medicine cabinet, ask a family member to pray over you. In the name of Jesus, knee pain be gone. In the name of Jesus, cartilage be healed, whatever it is. There's so much healing that the Lord wants to do, right? But sometimes it's uncomfortable to ask. So when we were preparing for the conference last year, um, before the conference ever happens, we're praying for the people that are going to be attending. So if you're coming to the 2023 conference, we are so excited. You're already in our prayers. But the 2022 conference, we were praying for everybody. But the day before, we go around to each chair and we pray over the chair that they will be sitting in. And as I was walking around from chair to chair, I was with a team of people. We we're praying over each chair. And I was kind of like limping a little bit because I had a bladder stone that was really bad. It's causing me a lot of pain. And if I'm going to like give myself one affirmation, it would be that I suffer well, I suffer often, and I'm good at working through suffering. And that actually makes me terrible about asking for healing. Like I, I would love to pray healing over other people, but me asking for it myself, actually, I don't know. I have like this issue with it. So I'm limping a little bit because I'm in so much pain. It's the day before the conference. And my one friend, Diane was like, what's going on, Mary Jo? And I was like, just praying. She was like, no, you're limping. What is happening? And I was like, I just got a bladder stone. I'm just in some pain. She's like, oh, what are we doing? Let's just pray for that. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. Like we still have to set up reconciliation areas. Like we got to set up the, the altar. Like there's all these things that have to be done. Cause it's so amazing. If you've never been to our conference, like, oh my goodness, the, the scented lotions that are in the bathroom of the Coliseum and the, the, the flowers and every single detail you could possibly think of 
so that when women walk in, they are cherished for the entirety, every detail. But I'm thinking of all these details that have to be done. I'm not, I'm like, I can suffer through, I'll suffer through, I'll just offer it for the people attending. She's like, "Uh uh-uh, we're praying for that. And I was like, fine. So I sit down and she's like, walk around, what is your level of pain? I'm like, I'm like at an eight. And she was like, okay. So she just prayed over me, another person in intercess, in the name of Jesus, you know, bladder stone be gone, infection be gone, whatever. She's praying. And and I'm like, I had like the tiniest seed of faith because I was like, I think, you know, that actually, you know, maybe the Lord needs the suffering for, you know, a soul that's struggling or something. And um, I got up afterwards and I walked and it was gone. Like every drop of pain was gone. And I just started bawling because I'm like, oh my gosh, why do I not ask for the pain to be removed? I don't know. Probably it's my self-reliance or my pride, but just in that quick prayer of her praying over me, I went from a level eight pain to zero, which then allowed me so much more grace and creativity and peace as I was finishing decorating for that conference with this beautiful team of women. That's what Jesus wants to do for you, right? Jesus healed thousands and thousands of people through the prayers of St. Vincent Farrar. But this is the crazy thing. Jesus did not heal St. Vincent completely. Vincent experienced sickness and suffering through the last 20 years of his life. He often had people pray for his own healing, and that often didn't come. In addition to his prayer and the prayer of others, he sought out the best medical help there was available, okay? So when Jesus heals, like we ask for healing. When Jesus heals, we praise him. Thank you, Jesus. If he doesn't, then we trust that there's a better plan for our suffering, and we unite it to him. We honor the gift of great medical care. There's no part of me that doesn't have to see a urologist on a regular basis because I have so many bladder and kidney issues. It's just part of my life. I have an amazing urologist. He happens to also be the husband of one of our builder sisters. But we also have to have the courage to ask in boldness like Moses does. What is your name, Lord? Who shall I tell them is calling? Because that type of courage is what the Lord wants us to claim. He wants us to claim the love, the power, the authority in his holy name. Because when we proclaim the truth, just as Mary did, the Almighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. We go forth to build his kingdom in such a dynamic and powerful way. We are sons and daughters of a glorious king and we are walking, not as servants, not as slaves. We are walking forth and building as heirs. If you would like more information about Kingdom Builders or would like to know how to bring this apostolate to your parish, please go to our website at buildingthroughhim.com and click Build With Us. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.